Hello and welcome to the Moonshots Podcast. It's episode 25. I'm your co-host, Mike Parsons, and as usual, I'm joined by Chad Owen live from New York. Good morning, Sydney. Hello. Hey, listen, when I say live from New York, it sounds so exciting. It feels like we're on Radio 1. Um, now, in the land... We're on Saturday Night Live. Yes, <laughs> I'll take either... I hope springtime is starting to come your way, but as as the weather changes, it's so great to go into another episode where we cover some of those fantastic people we met in Bucharest, entrepreneurs and innovators. Hopefully everyone's listened to the first show that we had from Bucharest with Elena, but we've got plenty of more wisdom to share. Yeah, it was a jam-packed program there in Bucharest, and uh, that's why we're kind of breaking up the entire broadcast into four episodes because every every moonshotter that we uh, that we spoke to had a very interesting and unique take on innovation and you know sharing their experience, and uh, the guest that we'll be hearing from. In this episode, Sebastian Borduja is no exception. Mm, gosh, I mean, he he really comes with a world of experience. And what's so nice is that despite him having studied at Stanford, at Harvard, he's worked uh, at just a few small startups that we, we always joke around, like, you know, the World Bank, uh, United Nations, um, McKinsey. Um, despite all of that, he is incredibly down to earth, but he's he's got this huge vision for transforming business in, in uh, Romania. And he really had a lot to share on the on the show in Bucharest, didn't he? Yeah, the most interesting thing from him, I feel like, is he's he's not only you know connecting uh, startups in Romania to funding and 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 resources, but he's reimagining the way you know the Romanian people engage civically. You know, he, and he's even run for office, which I don't know that any of our previous guests have done. Yeah, and as a first-time politician, he was the uh, he got the most votes out of any independent candidate in a, in a sort of a classic two-party system. So, I mean, watch out for the, his next shot at office. I'm sure he's going to go again. And uh, um, he he's just got a wealth of knowledge, so well traveled. I, I feel like, I mean, we could do a number of shows on Sebastian. He has a lot to offer in terms of anyone wishing to go out and do something in life. He's got a lot to offer. Yeah. And I think uh, Sebastian's story was kind of the most interesting to me, just learning more about Romania and the Romanian people. Uh, so I'm, I'm really excited to share with you, our listeners, uh, our interview with Sebastian Borduja from our Moonshots live show in Bucharest. Sebastian Borduja. Come on up. Okay, Sebastian. Pleasure to be here. Sebastian, thank you. We are very welcome. Make sure you uh, are you intimate with your microphone. Oh, yeah. um, love the mic. Love the mic. <laughs> Hi. I'm Mike. Um, okay. Love you too, man. Thanks. Now, listen, um, 
there's so much to talk about. I, I think where we want to start with you is I would love you to tell us a little bit about your involvement with uh, this student body that connects all these great Romanian students. I'd love you to tell us a little bit about what you've created there and, and your role in that, and just to understand what it means to be connecting all these bright young minds. Sure. So um, this country had the good fortune 20 years ago and some to go from a dictatorship to a somewhat of a democracy. And that has allowed us uh, access to opportunities. It has allowed many of us to travel abroad and some of us to study abroad. And around 2008, I was uh, in the States um, studying in California, not far from Silicon Valley. Hey. And uh, one of my friends was going to study in the UK at the King's College. And we realized that uh, there were thousands of young men uh, from Romania and women who would you know, be on the same path as we were, going to study abroad. And there was nobody trying to bring them together and uh, also reconnecting them to the country. And we thought, why not? Uh, everybody said, can't do it. You can't bring Romanians together. Romanians uh, in the diaspora, particularly. Hang on, hang on. Cultural, cultural insight. Okay, yeah. what is it about Romanians getting together? Come on. No, I mean, in the diaspora, they say uh, Romanians can't, you know, you can't put two at the same table without <laughs> starting a fight. And maybe it's something from back uh, during communism. But basically, it, it is said that unlike other, uh, other people, you know, the, the Jews, the Italians, the Irish, yeah. you know, it's hard to bring Romanians together. We, I, I believe we and many others have proven that myth uh, very wrong. Great. Mm. What does that look like when you bring everyone together? Tell us a little bit about that. It's about helping people, uh, helping each other out, and many of us have, you know, are going into places abroad where far away from home, far away from family, and you, you know, you're in a system that's very different from the Romanian system. I often say I landed at Stanford and I didn't know how to speak well in English, although I did, but I didn't really have the exercise of speaking in public, speaking in class, uh, asking questions. And the Romanian education system doesn't really encourage you to ask many questions. You know, you kind of like listen to the to the big boss and yeah, yeah. just take notes. Yeah. And I didn't know how to write very well in English. I did very beautiful essays, but they weren't necessarily, you know, what American universities consider very good. Okay. Hence my first few grades there. <laughs> um, I won't say what they were. That's okay. You're amongst friends. Were there, were there any Bs? It was lower than a B. So oh, okay. Lower than a B minus. There we go. <laughs> uh, you know. <laughs> so you, now, now, so you've created this body. What's the name of it? It's the LSRS, League of Romanian Students Abroad. Okay. And, and so how many students are involved? Well, now it's about 15,000 Romanians around the world. And, Guys, uh, come on, give it up countries. for Sebastian. No, please. It's, it's, it's not me at all. So, and this was all coming from your personal experience. You, 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 you get into the, the, into the sunny uh, Bay Area, yeah. um, stroll down, uh, and then, oh, hang on, this is all a bit different. This is a bit hard. Maybe we should all get together and work through did, this. Did you absolutely. bump into any other fellow Romanians while at Stanford? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, there was a girl from my hometown of Piatra Nams, for any of you interested. Uh, she was a former Olympic champion in chemistry, very smart girl, much, much smarter than I was. And she really helped me, uh, you know, learn the ropes and just orient myself more quickly. It was also, though, about uh, reconnecting all these bright minds uh, back to Romania. And very few people in 08 were talking about this, the brain drain, a huge issue for the country. We have about four million, nobody knows, four to five million uh, Romanians who left. Uh, there's about 250,000 Romanian kids growing up 
today without at least one parent at home. They went to work abroad. And sadly for the country, I think, uh, you know, it's not, and let's not generalize, but I think a lot of very good people left. Mm. And trying to bring them back is very challenging, mm. but also I think a requirement for if we're going to grow this country uh, again. Yeah. So, okay. So, there's, a, there's another part of this. I'd like the, the very same thing happened for you because for somebody even who grew up and studied in the halls of Harvard or, or Stanford, the opportunity to work at the UN or the World Bank is, is quite remarkable. But you, you chose uh, after... How long were you in the US for? About 12 years. Okay, so 12 years abroad and you came home. Tell, yeah. us, tell us about well, this. <laughs> so uh, I guess about... Two and a half years ago, I was uh, happily employed at the World Bank, and uh, my wife, who is American, was happily employed at the Department of Justice, and we were uh, the very happy parents of a six-month-old uh, baby, our girl, and we decided to essentially leave all that and come here. And what's interesting is that very few people uh, said, good job. Uh, many people here said we're either nuts or uh, I guess some, a few said we're uh, opportunists that, you know, we're trying to come back to Romania and steal a lot of money from the people, even more than we were making at the bank or, the, <laughs> or in the States. Wow. That ties into my political uh, uh, track as well. All right. Now, we, we want to get to that. But you gave up all of these wonderful career opportunities. What any, any person... Would, would die to have done just one of these. Oh, I don't know about that. And, and yet you came back. Where, I, where did you find the strength to do this? I, I, I'm, I'm more interested in like what opportunities, you know, and speak to the fellow Romanians here, what opportunities yeah. did you see here in Romania that made you and your wife want to come back mm. here? Let me tell you uh, two quick stories before then. Uh, I think uh, each of us is a product of our own lives, our own experiences. And my earliest memories uh, of my life uh, date back to 28 and some years ago, uh, during a time when um, this city was in battle. We were uh, people dying in the streets. And I was five years old back then, and I distinctly remember two images. Uh, one was my father coming in in his worker's coat um, with the flag on his armband, and he was crying of joy. I'd never seen him cry before. Uh, I don't think I've seen him after. And uh, he you know, was feeling the hope that millions of Romanians felt. And so give us more context for the international uh, viewers. Yeah. What was going on? What was this fight? This is while Ceausescu was still, still in power? Or? Yeah, the Romanian revolution uh, started out as, um, I guess, um, uh, a riot in Timisoara and then spread throughout the country. We were in a small town in the northeastern part of the country. And um, for you to understand, maybe to illustrate with a story, I was... Um, I'm from a family of priests, of, of uh, people who served the church, and my grandfather was a priest. And back then, uh, it wasn't good to be a priest during communism. Right. And so one of the things that they taught us, uh, my parents taught us, me and my uh, older sister in kindergarten, is, to, uh, is the answer to the question, who do you love more, Ceausescu or God? Ceausescu was the president at the time, the dictator, and we were taught to say uh, Ceausescu. Because if we had said God, they would have an issue wow. uh, as our parents. So that brings me to my second memory of those days, which was seeing this guy and his wife uh, get shot 
and they they aired it on national TV and it, the trial and the execution for those of you who remember they happened so quickly that my parents literally didn't have time to pull us out of the room and so we saw I saw at five years old somebody with their brains uh, all over the, the oh ground oh my gosh and so yeah, I don't think you like I said I, I'm a product of that experience yeah. and and growing up in the 90s there was a feeling of tremendous disillusionment after that after the hope and and the feeling that we could accomplish anything that we had the freedom not just to dream big dreams but to accomplish them uh, something kept holding us back and I think to some extent it still does. And so I've, all my life I've chased this dream of reclaiming that hope, of giving, of help some, in some way, and I, I, have, I don't have the answer, but in some way helping uh, people, help, helping the country regain that hope and unleashing the huge potential that this land has. So let's talk, let's talk about the potential of Bucharest and, and Romania. One of the things that really strikes me is um, how super bright, I, I seem to just run into people who have incredible educational rigor, which strikes me because I lasted at college for seven weeks. And I often meet people with two degrees, rocket scientist types. But I see enormous platform of people that are eager to learn, who are curious. What are the things like, let's work on brand Romania and mm. the innovation brand of Romania. Like, what are we working with? What are the ingredients? I think, again, we have to generalize, but I think it's true. You have so much creativity. This, this people is really creative. Good and bad, by the way. <laughs> so, you know, we have some of the most creative hackers in the world, I believe creative artists. The Romanian movie uh, sector is booming. We've, we're winning uh, prize after prize. And I think in an open competition, we're not doing badly at all. And I've seen this in the, in the universities I've studied at, and I've seen that in the institutions I've worked at. You put, generally speaking, a Romanian among very good people from around the world, they're going to perform right. very well. And you see this every year. Last year, I think we had 155 uh, medal winners at the Olympiads for various topics, math, science. And it's really in a country that hasn't invested a lot in education at all. It's the last in the EU in terms of Okay, but how come I meet so many bright people? What's happening there? I don't know. I think it's, uh, some of it is genetic. Some of it is just the desire that we all share in a way to uh, make a difference, to prove to the world that... People coming from this country can perform, can be very good at what they do. And you see it everywhere. Like I said, in, uh, I don't know how many people know, in, in every university in top, 10, top 20 in the States, there's at least one uh, math Romanian professor. Uh, it's just an example. Wow. wow. And, and by the way, another statistic, less well-known, in the EU, out of 10 fastest-growing cities, seven of them are Romanian. Seven cities. Really? Yeah. It's Timisoara, it's Cluj, it's Bucharest, it's Craiova. Weirdly enough, it's, uh, <laughs> no offense to anybody from Oltenia. I love, uh -oh. I love you guys. Here he, he come the tweets. Uh oh, <laughs> it's Yash. It's people. It's 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 Brasov. It's cities across the country that, in an open competition, an open market, the EU market, they're performing quite well. Yeah. Okay. So we've got somebody who had 12 years in the U.S. Somebody who's brought together over 15,000 Romanian students uh, who studied abroad. We've got somebody who chose to return here who deeply believes in the potential 
to the creativity, to the innovation that lies within Romania. So I think we'd probably have a few questions and a few areas of interest if you were talking to Romanian, European, global entrepreneurs or people with an idea and maybe the ambition to start something. What advice, what sort of, what's the playbook that you think, we heard a great one like just don't give up, which is which is great. What other advice could you give somebody who's sitting there dreaming to do something big and where would you start? Like what advice, what counsel would you give? Do it. <laughs> just, just do, do it. it. Yeah. No, seriously, I mean, you don't, you don't try, you're not going to succeed. And uh, I've seen this time and again, people with very bright minds, very bright ideas that just don't have the courage to put them into practice. Mm. And um, you see it every day. I would, I would also advise them that no matter what they do with their lives, they should not check out. Uh, I think the biggest problem in the world, certainly in Romania, I think Europe, certainly in the States, probably globally, is just people checking out of societies. Okay. Can you tell us more about what checking out looks like? And I, You see it every day. Uh, you ask people uh, to care, uh, to get involved, to care about their communities, to go vote, to run for office, to be leaders in their communities, to serve the public. And very few people are doing that anymore. Mm. And it's especially sad to see young people who are checked out. I don't care. Nothing can be done. You know the lines. I mean, you guys know them as well as I do. And how hard it is to, to really get people to care again, to get them to log back mm -hmm. in. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, the world is having unprecedented challenges. You talk about uh, terrorism, um, uh, migration, climate change. Inequality. Inequality. Wealth gap. And we also have, probably for the first time in history, answers to all these problems. Right. And we could solve them. Um, I know there's a famous knowledge curve. You know, by 1945, knowledge was doubling something like every 25 years. It's doubling every, what, 12 days today. It will double every 12 hours by 2025, thanks to companies like you guys. Uh, AI and VR and all those things. But for some reason, we're not capable of using that knowledge to solve the problems that we face. Mm. And that's lack of leadership. It's people just not caring enough, just being content with their lives. And I think it's nothing sadder than somebody who live, goes through their life, makes a lot of money, and just doesn't leave a mark. Mm. Just, you know, at the end of the road, everybody's going to die. I'm not... I, <laughs> yeah, you're talking about legacy, right? Right. And you look back on that moment when you put your head on the pillow for the last time, and are you going to be able to say that you left behind more than you took away from the world? I think that's the ultimate test. And ask yourselves that question. I challenge you. And live your life with that moment in mind. I know it sounds kind of grim, but it's true. Life is finite. We know that. And the choice is ours. We live it like it is finite and we want to leave behind more than we took away or we just sail through and be happy with our, mm -hmm. with our life. So just do it. Yeah, absolutely. And care. So what would be a practical thing? We've got a big audience here and a big audience online. What's a couple of practical things people can start doing? Uh, start caring about what let's let's help people by like let's really uh, define you mentioned one get out and vote yeah okay what else can people go out and do to to get re-engaged and to you know give one what else can they go do I would say start with small things go out in your communities and do a, an event on a weekend where you pick up the garbage in the streets 
uh, go out and plant a tree. Go out and, and bring your neighbors to your house and have a debate on what's going on in the world. Just put yourself out there. Go out and, by the way, try to convince somebody on the street, a stranger, to care, mm. to re-engage, to go vote. Do this exercise. I, I guarantee you it's, it's one of the most challenging things you'll ever do. Wow. I think but that, also very fulfilling, by the way. Yeah. yeah, I can only imagine. How did it feel when, when you were getting out on the streets? Because you, you're, you've done it. You went out and you ran for office. You know, you obviously were not happy with what you were seeing. Right. And you ran for office. How did that feel, like, to just have to start from zero, build a constituency? And, I mean, meanwhile, you've, you've created your own company, Rise Consortium. Like, you're busy with that. You have a daughter who I'm guessing is off to kindergarten yep. and primary school right now. Absolutely. Like, wh- how, where do I even begin? Like, this is, <laughs> like, and you ran for office. Like, how did that feel? Were you exhausted? It's the, uh, by far the most challenging but also fulfilling thing I've done in my whole life. And uh, I did it in Nams County, which some of you might know. It's uh, the county with the lowest average wage in the nation, the, co- the county with the most people as a percentage who left to work abroad, so they're not there. Huge issues and very dominated by certain political forces. And I ran as an independent. Uh, most people that I ran into the, in the streets, uh, they didn't know what an independent was. They're like, I'm running as an independent. Okay, but on which party list? I said, no, no, as an independent. Yeah, yeah, but which party's behind you? No, no, I'm just myself. Oh, okay, well, fine, well, you know. You go on and, and yeah. try to... Good luck with Good that. luck with that, <laughs> idiots, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it, so it was the most, it was the toughest thing you've ever toughest done? Toughest thing, and, and I'll never forget this old lady. Uh, I ran into her into the, in the streets, well, in front of her apartment building, and I, I said my spiel, I'm Sebastian Bordeaux, I'm running for office, I'm an independent, and she said, oh... Oh, okay. You're just trying to get a job. I understand. <laughs> In Parliament. And like I said, these are real engagements and people have to care. But it's possible. We, I, I had the best score out of all independents in the country, I can say. Hang and on, hang on, guys. Me, Come on, give it up. <laughs> it's the volunteers. What, what did you learn from the people that you talked to? In that, I mean, I'm sure there's thousands of things, but right. what's, what are some things that you heard from your fellow Romanians that maybe you wouldn't know unless you got out into the streets and talked to people? It's a, the list is so long. It's humbling to go out and, and meet people and understand their, their issues. I met an old lady who had uh, every month she was getting a check from the government in the amount of about 47 lei. That's about 10 bucks. That was the, the income. And she was going to live off that. Yeah. I met uh, young people who were on vacation and were working abroad and their kids were at home and they were missing them like crazy. Mm. And, they, and they felt hopeless for not having the opportunity to work mm. in their hometown, their mm. home county. Mm. Uh, I met entrepreneurs who were being bullied by the state mm. and were trying to survive uh, here in Romania. And, but I also learned that people want to believe that there's a chance. There's not a single individual that I met who was completely resigned, hmm. who had lost all hope. In fact, if you get beyond that initial conversation of, oh, you're just looking for a job, most people are going to say, we want this country to be good. We want the world to be a better place. And by the way, if somebody's going to want to do it, maybe we'll support them. So there's hope in the world. Wow, that, what an uplifting, like, 
that's a gift after all those hard yards up and down the streets introducing yourself to walk away knowing that there is resilience yeah. uh, and, and there's a lot of good that you can believe in for the future. Absolutely. Wow. Wow, that's good. Now, um, on, I'm going to pick up on your theme a little bit, you know, put yourself out there. I think we should put Chad out there, don't you think? Should we sing now before before Chad goes, we, we completely skipped a very important part of our live shows, which is we have all these fantastic <laughs> Romanian treats. Yeah. You've got me feeling so proud of Romania right now. You've got to we've got to get Chad eating one of these great delicacies. So Sebastian, where where would you go? So where, where I'm from, uh, we have a tradition of baking this amazing cake, which is kozonak. Mm. And I think my grandmother really uh, does the best kozonak in the world. Doesn't every, yeah, every Romanian's grandma yeah, does the best, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Just so saying. The kozonak is your recommendation? Absolutely. It's a bit messy to eat, okay. but equally I'll try it. tasty. He, he'll, he'll go for it. Okay. Now, um, so what's next? While, while, while Chad chomps a bit, and then we'll send him into the audience, what's next for you? What are you working on? And tell us a little bit about what's next for Sebastian. Absolutely. I'm working on all these different projects. I have many hats. But uh, right now, I'm also building this business called Rice Consortium, and we're uh, building the largest uh, network of Romanian investment experts, as we call them. Uh, they're people who are around the world uh, trying to connect global businesses back to, or to Romania and local businesses from Romania to help them expand abroad. And we're having quite a, quite a bit of success with that. So that's great, but what I, what I note is that your political efforts, mm -hmm. your efforts with the students, the business that you've created, all seem to come back to this idea of celebrating. And I'm doing a PhD, by the way. Oh my gosh. <laughs> See, you, just when you thought there was nothing left that this man could do, there's, there's an, what, what's the topic of study? It's on business-to-business uh, -business corruption. Oh, geez, that's heavy. <laughs> Not peer-to-peer -peer networking. <laughs> we'll talk about it on a different show. There we we'll, go. We'll need a whole show for that. Moonshots does politics. <laughs> uh, all right, Chad, have you... Have you you're, look at he's still munching or... Oh, wait. Okay, so we've it's heard... delicious. Really? <laughs> Is there some kind of alcohol in the cake? <laughs> Shouldn't be, but... Uh... It, it's some kind Somebody of like sweet flavor. I'm trying to identify. Okay. Just a warning to all the viewers. Uh, who, uh, Chad does operate the video screen, so it might get a little bit wonky it's for all It's called those. moon shots for a reason, no? Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Shots under yeah, the moon. We do shots. Jello shots. To the moon. Um, okay, so we've heard lots of topics. So much for Romania to be proud about. Uh, the fact that, once again, it seems like there's a theme, resilience and the strength to keep going and to follow your calling. I would say uh, that's that's something that we've taken. So let's. I see a, a very uh, bright lady there who was very engaged. What what was your biggest insight from listening to Sebastian? Hi, I'm Alexandra, and I totally love this story, particularly because I have friends that went to study in the UK, and the first thing they did when they got to college was to look for peers uh, through your project. So that Great. was completely amazing. And I personally loved the part about grit and resilience. And uh, I find it uplifting that you can hear such topics out in the open. And I know for sure what I'm going to do next. And I have a, a list of friends that I'm going to uh, bicker and uh, annoy and uh, get on their case about... Uh, yeah, so. What do you care about? Do you want to go out and get involved in some sort of social campaign or stuff like that? So. Wow, that's awesome. great. What's yeah. your name again? Alexandra. Come on, everyone, give it up for her. 
How wonderful. All right. So there's some troublemakers up the back there. Yeah, look, oh, there you go. I knew, I knew this gentleman wanted to ask a question. Yeah, uh, hi, my name is Paul. Um, I really enjoyed uh, your, your speech. Um, so there's an emotional, for me, an emotional topic you touched upon. So I'm a big fan of Romania as a brand. And uh, I, I believe you're also right. The, the 89 revolution has never ended. And the saddest part that I do uh, find going in the streets or talking to my friends is that young youngsters, young people like us do give up and think that they do not matter. And also in the recent history, there have been some moments where we did topple the, 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 the current status. So we should have enough examples that push this, this wrong idea that we do not matter, we cannot change anything away, but still. And, of course, also the idea that it's been touched uh, upon before by uh, Elena as well. So if you're walking through hell, keep walking. Yes. Uh, that's something that I always like and I, I believe in. And it's that's nice right. that somebody enforces that uh, from time to time. Because um, I also sometimes feel like I want to give up. Like, okay, quit. We all do. We all do, yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's nice. So, so, so thank you. Thank you very much. I, I want to kick it back to you. Like when we had a very honest discussion with Elena about when it gets tough, sometimes we do feel like giving up. When you feel really tired and you're in the valley of darkness, um, what do you go to to like get yourself through that? How do you keep going? What's the thought? Do you have a practice? I to, to me, it's my daughter, yeah. and. You know, as any parent, we love her very much. And to us, what uh, we're trying to do is, uh, is also about her, mm. about giving her the opportunity to at least say, I have the option of staying in Romania and fulfilling my dreams. Mm. I think the young generation uh, needs that. And, um, you know, it's about education. It's about opportunity. I play with her a lot, you know, just silly games kick the balloon around. There you go. I sing like Elvis uh, sometimes. You do Elvis as well? This guy? I told you, guys, this guy. Come on, stop already. <laughs> no, I, I do. I can do the lip. Oh, okay. <laughs> that will be at the cocktail bar after the show. Absolutely. No, that's that's yeah. great. What's her name? Uh, Joanne. Joanne. So, guys, um, please not only show your appreciation for Sebastian, but let's give young Joanne, who hopefully is watching from home, <laughs> a really big round of appreciation. Guys, please, Sebastian. Thank you, guys. Well, there you have it, Mike. So many learnings from our live show in Bucharest. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So on that note, Chad, I want to thank you. I want to thank all of our listeners. It's been great having you on board for the journey so far, and there's plenty more to come. So take care, everyone. Uh, find us at moonshots.io. And I think that brings us to the end of the show. That's a wrap. 